Welcome back to week number two of our sermon series called Remember, right? We're looking at the things that God says we just cannot, absolutely cannot forget about who he is, about what he's done for us. And last week we started off by talking exactly who Jesus is, right? He's your friend. He's your brother. He's your savior. He is your God. But right, today, we're, we're going to turn our attention a little bit different now. Instead of focusing in just on Jesus, we're, we're going to talk about remembering who we are and who God has made us to be. So who are you? Have you ever thought about that? Like, who are you? If somebody were to ask you that question, or if I just told you right now, some of you have your notes out, write it down. Who are you? Are you a Marine? You stay-at-home mom? Are you an accountant, a nurse, a teacher, a student, a pastor? Who are you? How would you answer that question? I think there's three really big ways that people often answer that question, right? Number one is you answer by just telling them your name, right? If somebody says, who are you? Well, my name is Doug. If I meet somebody, well, who are you? I'm Doug. Who are you? I'm so-and-so, right? So we'll use our name. Oftentimes, another thing that we bring up, who are you? Well, I'm Doug, and I'm from this place. Or that place, right? Or maybe the most important one of all, we say who we are based on what we do. Right? I'm Pastor Doug. <laughs> so who are you? Because it's a really important question, and depending on how you answer that, it has ramifications. Because here's the reality. It's one I think you already know, but here's the reality. You are constantly bombarded every day with messages. People you live with, people you work with, the social media things that you follow, the podcasts you listen to, the books you read. There are tons and tons and tons of voices talking to you every day. And whether you realize it or not, admit it or not, they are influencing you. They're influencing the way you think, the way you talk, the way you live, and also the way you view yourself. but that's kind of only the half of it. Because despite the fact that you hear thousands of messages from hundreds of people every day, do you know who talks to you more than anyone else? You do. That voice in your head, that, that's what you're hearing more than anybody else could potentially talk to you. You are in dialogue with yourself constantly throughout every day of the week. And that voice will also shape what you think of life, how you view things, what you think of God and yourself and everything in between. And it will shape how you act and live your life. Do you get that? Let me help you understand this. Right? If you are constantly in your mind like worried, well, what about this? And what if that? And, and maybe that, and that, that? That won't, right? You are going to be a mess. Constantly on edge. Constantly worried about this and that and everything in between. Or, 
if in your inner dialogue you're constantly like, well, you know what they said to me? You, you, you know what she did? You know what they're doing? You're going to be angry. You're going to be bitter a lot, and I can't even begin to tell you how that will affect every single relationship you are in. Or maybe that voice inside talking to you is, is telling you of how you screwed up again. You, you weren't that parent you thought you were or wanted to be. You made a mistake in your marriage. Maybe it's in your career, and it says that, that you are less than. And that's the voice that you hear over and over and over again. Even if nobody else ever actually said that to you, you're telling yourself that, and that will influence how you live. And the more I thought about it, I, I, we probably have to go on the other side too, because sometimes I think we get a little too puffed up and pride-filled, thinking like, well, we are. We're, we're the, really good at this, and we're knocking this out of the park. We're doing better than that person. But either way, those messages are constantly in your mind. So what's the solution? Because there's a danger, right? It'll either puff you up with pride or that inner dialogue will kind of depress you and crush you and make you more anxious than ever before. So what can we do? What can we do so that our identity isn't just solely attached to a title or to where we're from or even a name we've been given? Because if that's where we find our identity in what we do, in titles we have, or our names and where we come from, we will always have some point of us disappointed and let down. So how do we change that narrative? Well, today God invites us to listen to him. Right? To tune out the social media, to tune out the voices, and even our own at times, to listen to what he says. Because here's the problem. When we forget who we are, you know what you're going to naturally do? Because I do. You are going to naturally try to find that identity in your job, in your families, in your relationships, and all kinds of other things instead of Jesus. So Jesus says don't. <laughs> right? Those can all be good things, but do not find your identity in any of those because here's the reality, they don't last. So Jesus has got the solution for us today. He says, look to me. And so the first section we're going to look at this morning is taken from Paul's letter to a bunch of Christians in what's known as Colossus. Now, if we think about who we are and think about our identity, in many ways, Paul would totally get it, right? Do you know his background? He used to be called by a different name. And at one point, Paul says to us, he's like, I was in the group of the Pharisees and I was a rising star. <laughs> I mean, he's kind of, he doesn't hold anything back. He says, I was the bomb. I was like the next in line to take over. I was zealous for God. I was doing all these good things and my identity was found in my studies and my titles and everybody respected me. And then it happened. <laughs> God confronts Paul, converts him on what's known as the road to Damascus, that conversion story, calls Paul to be what we know as one of the greatest Christian missionaries ever, and he would go from place to place telling people about Jesus. I mean, talk about a flippant identity. He, he had it all, and it was all given up so that he would tell people about Jesus. In fact, there's a, there's a place where Paul says, I consider all those things that I used to have, my titles, my ranks, my position, my money, my prestige, that's all garbage. It's garbage and it's rubbish compared to knowing God and knowing what he's done for me. 
And so Paul says, I have a solution for you. If you want to find your identity, if you're struggling with it, he says this to us in Colossians chapter 3. He says, set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died and your life is now hidden with Christ. Right, if you want to remember who you are, Paul says, stop focusing on the things, the here and now. Even the things that are on the surface, good and blessings, thank God for them, but don't make that your be-all and end-all. Focus on things above. Focus on God and what he's done for you. Then he kind of goes on and tells us why, because he said, you died. Do you guys understand that? Um, In in Romans chapter 6, Paul was talking about baptism and faith, and he says that we were buried with Jesus. We died with him and were buried with him in the tomb, and we were raised with him to live a new life. So Paul says, you want to know who you are? Fix your eyes on Jesus Because you died. You're not who you used to be. You're not that same person. You're different. Because Jesus washed you of sins. And now, you're hidden. You're hidden in Christ. So when the Father looks at you, he doesn't see your performance or lack thereof. He doesn't see the sins that you've committed, how you've fallen short of God's glory. He sees somebody who's been washed by his own son, Jesus. And so friends, this morning God says, remember who you are by looking to Jesus and what he's done for you. Now, there's probably dozens, hundreds of different places in scripture that we could turn to that, that, that even go more in depth of who we are. But This next one we're going to turn to is maybe one of my favorite places on the topic of identity because God doesn't hide it at all. He doesn't leave you thinking. He doesn't leave you guessing. He's point blank. And it's written by a guy named John. One of Jesus' disciples wrote a lot of books of the Bible, and this is what he says. See what great love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. Maybe you've heard that verse before, maybe you haven't, but either way, just let that soak in for a minute. Do you get what God is telling you? And I don't mean one of those like, well, who am I? I'm a child of God, and that's easy to say when you're here on Sunday morning, but what about on Tuesday when you failed? Do you get what God is saying to you in these verses? He's saying no matter what you do or don't do, no matter what your title or rank or position is, no matter who you're married to, no matter where you're from, it doesn't matter. I think you're precious. It doesn't matter what the voices are saying. It doesn't matter what the voice in your own head is saying. Maybe you feel less than. Maybe you struggle and God says, no, you are mine. You are my child. I love you. No ifs, ands, and buts about it. That's powerful. Because think about it. What, what God the Father calls you is the same thing he spoke about Jesus. If you were here last week, if you, if you watched last week's message, maybe you remember this, right? It happened after his baptism. Jesus is coming out of the water, and this is what the Father says. He says, this is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. No doubt about it, right? This is my boy. This is the son that I love with every ounce of my being. He's my child. 
And I'm very well pleased with him. And you know why the father's so pleased with his son? Because here's the deal, right? As we think about our own relationships, maybe you think about your parent, uh, your parent-child uh, relationship, or with your spouse or coworkers or whoever. There's times where that individual, that relationship in your life, they don't please you. They hurt you, they let you down, and you do the same to them. But Jesus, never. The father can say, I'm well pleased with you because Jesus never disobeyed his dad. Wouldn't that be awesome, parents, if your kids never disobeyed you? <laughs> Jesus didn't, though. Right? Jesus always put his father and his father's agenda first. Right? Jesus never took the family name and dragged it through the mud. Jesus never ditched out on going to church or being in the Word. No, he made that his priority because he remembered the Sabbath and kept it holy. Right? Jesus never got angry, never flew off the handle and hated on somebody. He never lusted. Not even a little bit of greed. Never talked smack about anybody. Never was jealous and envious about somebody else. He never did things for his own agenda and purpose. Right? Unlike us, Jesus was perfect. Unlike us, Jesus obeyed the will of the Father, and he did it all for you and me. And he wasn't just perfect if you caught on what I was doing there. He didn't just go through all ten commandments and checked every box. He was completely perfect all the way to a cross. For all the times that you and I have not been perfect, for all the times that we have found our identity in other things but what God has done and says about us, Jesus paid for that sin and all of them in full. Right, where we have failed, he succeeded. Where we have been less than, Jesus was everything we needed and more. And that's why what the Father calls the Son, he now calls you. Right? The same thing father says to son, you're my child, I love you, I'm well pleased with you. That's what God the Father says about you because of Jesus. And that's huge. Right? Jesus has changed your status from sinner to forgiven. From heir of eternal death to heir of eternal life because he washed you, he saved you, he died for you and made you his own. And God says, I don't ever want you to forget that. And so if you're wondering who you are, look to Jesus. If you're wondering if you have value, if you're wondering where your worth can be found, look to the one who said you were so worth it that I'm even willing to bleed out and die so that we'll never be separated for eternity. Right, right, if you start to wonder and doubt and on those days where maybe we've, we've put our identity in all the wrong things and we're crushed because it's not working the way we wanted, Jesus says, come and listen to me. I love you. I died for you, right? Because here's the truth. It, it doesn't matter what you think of yourself. It doesn't matter what other people say. It doesn't matter because you are not the sum of, of your good stuff and you're not the sum of the sins that you've been trying to run away from. You are a child of God, you are what the Father says you are. Because Jesus. 
because Jesus died and made you a child of the one true king. I know this is hard. At least it is for me. I constantly forget my identity. I think it's kind of ironic that, that writing a sermon on our identity found in Christ, I was worried about the message. Well, what if it's not just right? What if, what if somebody doesn't like it? What if somebody says something? And actually, that was my wife who said, yeah, isn't it ironic? You're worried about your identity and what other people think and say about you. You know, it doesn't matter. It really doesn't. And so today, I want to leave you with something I think, I hope, and I pray will help you remember who you are. And it's something that, that a couple of years ago, two, three years ago, when I was kind of in a dark place, a confidant and a mentor said to me, I was struggling with who I was. I was putting too much in my identity as a pastor and as a husband and a dad, and I was failing miserably at all of them, or at least I thought. And he said, well, remember this. And it's something that we try to bring up in our family too, something that we try to remember, try to live and share with each other and share beyond our four walls. And this was it. He said this to me, and I still can remember his voice today. He said, live for an audience of one. Mm. You understand what that means? Live for an audience of one. You're not necessarily just simply here to live for somebody else or to live for yourself for that matter. There's only one audience that you can live for and there's only one that matters. And that's your king. The one who rescued you, the one who saved you, the one who died for you. And that's why it doesn't matter what the voices say around you. Because sometimes they'll flatter and sometimes they'll cut you. <laughs> it doesn't even matter what you think of yourself because sometimes you might be too inflated of what you think of yourself and other times you're going to beat yourself up. What matters is what God says about you. What matters is about who you are in Jesus Christ. Do you know it? Can you see it? Can you hear it? Do you believe it? Because he says this, see what great love the Father has lavished on you, that you should be called children of God, and that is what you are. No doubt about it, because of Jesus, you are a child of the King. May you always remember that. Amen.